Welcome to As You Were, a podcast about Alkaline Trio, where every week we talk about one Alkaline Trio song. And this week, it's Steamer Trunk. Were you, were you more demonstrative when you were doing that intro? Were you, do you, were you making all of those hand movements because you always do that? Or is this... Like I, I feel you, like I you always do like, it. We're back. We're back. We gotta. You gotta we pep gotta it up. Uh-huh. Bring the energy right up top. Oh yeah, I'm feeling that energy. I'm feeling your energy. Uh huh. It's amber. It is amber and crimson. David Anthony, my co-host, my me, Tim Crisp. Amber is the color of your energy. Tim Crisp displays it naturally. As you were <laughs> podcast about Alkaline Trio is the name of the show. We are here to talk about one Alkaline Trio song, because that's what we do every week here yes. on As You Were, a podcast about Alkaline Trio. David, I haven't seen you in a minute. It has been a minute. We did a marathon session uh, quite some time ago. God, we sure did. It was sweltering back then. It was very hot. It's very nice today. Uh, funny little story about that is we recorded the Moving Right Along episode, mm-hmm. and then two days later, I went to uh, Millennium Park downtown and watch the Muppet movie on oh. the big screen, which wasn't planning on doing. And I was like, huh, that's kind of thematically appropriate, I guess. Amazing. We got a lot of great feedback for that episode. People were really looking forward to us talking about that Muppet song, which, hey, we're here for you. Yeah. I mean, my roommate, Nick, who, if you subscribe to the Patreon, you've heard his voice on that thing before. Oh, yeah. Uh, Patreon.com slash as you were. That's the one. He, from the very jump, was like, when are you going to talk about moving right along? Um, and as we said that, it's just very fun. It's a fun song. Kind of hard to hate. Also impossible to rate, as you heard. Uh, but we're back with an actual song we're going to dissect and rate this week. That's right. And uh, my week... Leading up to this one, thanks for asking, David. As we discussed in pre-pro, you were going to let me uh, take the ball on this one. Because we got to talk about what's going on with me. Well, yes. I mean, I wanted to share a nice little wholesome anecdote before we got into crime. One of the strangest, most bizarre occurrences of my adult life, my entire life, really, my young life, Uh has happened uh, this past week. uh, Over on Better Yet... I took the week off as I, I man, the last two weeks have just been tough. Yeah. Listening to music have, has been really sure. difficult. Uh, the the loss of David Berman really affected me. I had a an exciting interview with Steve Albini, mm-hmm. and then a little bit of just like a come down from that. A lot going on. You had a pretty uh, intense schedule of guests there for a while. So. so I was like, you know what, like this week... Maybe I just won't post, and then... But you love to post. I love to post. So I was like, oh, here's something that I'll do. And I put up an episode of a Patreon, a Better Yet Patreon uh, series, of which there is only one episode, because uh-huh. this one took me a long time to make. It shows, is what I'll say. It's called Haircuts and T-Shirts. It is a true crime parody podcast so in the spirit of a serial or for the musically inclined disgraced land Mm -hmm. i was like let's do a true crime podcast about punk related crimes and there would be no better topic to do for your first episode than 
the murder, though ruled self-defense, but the guy from Mass, Tony yes. Lovato, killed somebody in 2007. Yes. Very bizarre story, and I did my best to craft an over-the-top true crime parody podcast based on that crime. And I said, I'll just throw that up there this week. No explanation. It'll be funny. Yeah. And later that evening, Wednesday evening, I get a DM on Instagram from an Anthony Lovato. Mm-hmm who said, a buddy of mine showed me your podcast, and then he just went to town on the fact that I got the date wrong, and he made fun of my attempt to uh, to mimic his Chicago accent, which was literally me reading off of a script and then coming up to a Tony Lovato quote and just being like, hey, I'm Tony Lovato. yeah. And when obviously you know that's not how he sounds. I know that's not how he sounds. But the point of this was that it was humorous. It was. It was. In my opinion, it was very funny. And I'm damn proud of how funny that episode was. And so we just kind of went back and forth. He had this long thing and I and I said, Sir, this is a Wendy's. And then the next morning, he came at me again. Mm-hmm. And because I, I had screen capped this hilarious thing that happened and put it in my Instagram story uh, with a text saying, hope he doesn't stab me. Yes. And then he said, then he, he DM me based off of that and said like, he wouldn't have even like gone out of his way to kick my ass. And I was just like, sort of perplexed. Like, what are we, what are we doing here? And I said, you're, Seems like you've gotten very good at letting things go, mm-hmm. which is good since you murdered somebody. Yeah. And then he came back again <laughs> later in the afternoon. So we've gone close to 24 hours where Tony Lovato has me on his mind. And then that's when I finally had to break it to him to just say, dude, this was a joke. Like, yeah. this was not supposed to be serious. This is a parody. And then he said, whatever makes you feel better about your shitty podcast. And I'm like, oh, right, okay. That's me on my last defenses here. Guy from Mest who killed a guy. I, oh, no, I it was actually, it wasn't, I, I my, oh, my, my podcast is just so bad, I might as well just say, oh, it was a joke. I mean, to be fair, he has a valid point in that you didn't immediately respond with, what's the dealio? <laughs> um, yeah, uh, Here's what I'm going to say to Mr. Anthony Lovato. I uh, hope he listens to this podcast. I, I hope he does. Um, I am curious who found that and then sent it to him because it happened very quickly on your end. It really did. Which, like, that means someone... My guess is he... Sh- it wasn't a friend. My guess is he searches his name. Yeah. Uh, because, come on. Uh-huh. Look at that fucking guy. Um. So when we tweet this, make sure to put Anthony Lovato in there because I want him to hear my voice when I say this which is Anthony Lovato of White Power Band Confederate Storm. Um, You know, really respect your work, obviously. You know, what's the dealio? uh, Top-down seatback, rolling my Cadillac, the racism. You know, all great. Mo money, mo 40s. All all great stuff. You know, you're a real upstanding citizen. Um, But if you, uh, you know, are going to say disparaging things to my friend Tim, 
what I'm going to say to you is, uh, I used to work for the U.S. Attorney's Office. I read your case file. I know more about the, you than you want anyone to know. Ooh. So if you want to fucking get into it, bring it on, baby. Hell yeah. I've All my life I've wanted to have a public feud. And you know what? There is something that I also we also need to address before we get into the song. We're running long here, but That's fine. I feel like we've put in enough work to where ho- hopefully it'll be acceptable. But listen up. There is a thing in Chicago for the Chicago Reader. It is the number one alternative publication in this city. Correct. They have a Best of Chicago poll. The nominations are up now mm-hmm. for your voting. Now, I got another podcast. It's called Better Yet. And I'm going to tell Better Yet listeners the same thing that I'm telling all of you out there. Vote for As You Were a podcast about Alkaline Trio for the best music podcast in this city. Let's win this thing, baby. We will include a link in the episode notes for you. And we encourage you to go up there and to vote for that one. We're putting we're putting our collective powers mm-hmm. together so that we can win this one so that I can fulfill my other lifelong dream and really my greatest lifelong dream and that is to refuse to accept an award. Yes. We need to do this so Tim can live out his dream. This year I checked myself out of the hospital against doctor's orders. I didn't actually, but that's what I'm telling people. It's better and that way. I had a public feud, and I would love to cap it off by refusing to accept an award. So vote for As You Were. We will include that link in the episode notes to this podcast. All right, David. Song. Steamer Trunk, the sixth song. <laughs> On From Here to Infirmary. Yes. The uh, third LP from the Alkaline Trio. Where do we want to start, my friend Tim? Well, I say we should start with the fact that we've kind of been talking around From Here to Infirmary a lot lately. We in have. discussing Crimson songs, Good Morning songs. This is such an interesting point for this band because... It is their first LP for Gra- for Vagrant. Yes. And this is in the Vagrant Summers mm-hmm. era. Vagrant is on such a huge upswing following the success of Something to Write Home About by the Get Up Kids. And now you've got Alkaline Trio there. You've got Hey Mercedes, Saves the Day. Yeah. Eventually Dashboard Confessional. Everybody who's here is <coughs> really coming in with the opportunity to bust into the MTV2 world, possibly the MTV world. I mean, if they're lucky, they could tour with Mest. It's the last Mest joke I'm going to make. No, it's not. Um, But, yeah, I mean, it is an interesting time because I think, as we discussed about a few weeks ago with This Could Be Love, which is, like, for a big record, second vagrant record, like, first track on an even slicker record, to be that alienating is a choice, Mm-hmm. Um, this one is from here to infirmary though I have a lot of affection for it but also a lot of complaints uh, it's a hard one to talk about because there's so much strange kind of context surrounding it obviously you know Mike Flumley coming in playing drums um, 
you can tell their songwriting is changing quite dramatically. Definitely. Go ahead. No, and I was going to say, I don't know if there's a song on this record that highlights it more than this one of just, to say it's confused sounds negative. But this song is a lot of different things. It is a lot of different things. And I think it's one of the songs that fits into one of the things that Matt's really going for on this record where he's writing less songs that are specifically about him or a person that he knows in his immediate circle as much as it is someone that he used to know or like kind of knows or he's just making things so vague Mm -hmm. that it can just apply to really anybody um this is mr chainsaw's like leftover one-liners sure uh you said somebody that i used to know have you ever seen matt's weird in bed cover of that Gautier song on his youtube channel no oh it's fucked up we should watch that later you should too if you're listening to this podcast (laughs) uh matt's youtube channel weird cool um anyway you're completely right because this song it's not a fuck you aurora it's not a radio it's not a trouble breathing it's not any of those songs where you really get the idea that this is about one specific person this is kind of i don't want to say the earliest but a very early example of matt doing the thing he does which i think really kind of locks in here and the and then resurfaces more a lot in, in the later part of the career but is is really taking a cliche and just trying to twist it every direction he can mm-hmm. um there's a lot of you know kind of kind of established wordplay that he's building off of i don't always hate that i don't necessarily even dislike it here i think it's it's laid on a little thick but i think there's some cool lines i think there is some stuff that doesn't fully land but i think it's this is a song that before we started recording it uh to kind of spoil how i feel about it do i think this is a good song no do i like it yes because it's when i really dissect it and look at the parts like not a lot of it coheres Mm -hmm. but i think there's some really great ideas inside of there i think his vocal delivery is really good i really like that i really like how he's saying these lines i really like that it's a vocal cadence that isn't 100% what he's done before. I think there's a lot of room in the verses that sit really nicely. But I think the chorus is this weird, like, kind of double-time thing that doesn't really congeal with what came before it. It's weird because it picks up, but it also doesn't. And I I wish that they would... It's like they're going for a loud, quiet dynamic, but they don't fully go there. It's like they're looking to pick up the pace but they don't fully do it well i've always felt like the bridge to this song is the most interesting part because when they go into that and it's got that little kind of twinkly lead i'm like oh here's where we fucked up that should have been the intro Mm -hmm. that leads into those verses and kind of ties it together and that big like opening part that real like symbol washy thing should be the bridge like if i was in the producer's chair on this song i'd be like oh you've got a lot of cool parts here take that twinkly intro and make this kind of more of a mid-tempo-y ruminative uh quasi ballad yeah uh write a different chorus don't do that fast part Mm -hmm. use those lyrics if you want but like don't do the fast part and then do that big kind of washy part as like you know, either a post-chorus or the bridge or an outro. Um, And I think that's, every time I listen to this song, I'm kind of struck by, like, 
when I think of it in my brain, I hear several different parts because this song feels like several different songs. It really does. And even if you like go into the lyrics of it, it's like there are lines that are sort of responding to what's in front of it, but also like belong elsewhere. Like there are more like I find the most interesting things that are said in this like, you know, the funny faces look the same. I know who's to blame, but I swore it wouldn't say like I, I love you, really so I told idea. you, but, but it, it didn't, didn't matter much. much. Yeah, um, I even think the first line of the chorus, trying to figure out what you're all about these days. I don't know what to say to you. That's yeah. a really those things connect. Mm-hmm. But the head injury stuff, the the prom dress stuff, like it right. doesn't. What is that? What is that thunderstorm exactly? Yeah. Like it, it sounds so you know, big and impactful. And obviously if you're able to refer to it like so directly, it is certainly a thing, but then you kind of pull back on these just sort of like blanket statements for how strange it is to not be 18 anymore or to be in a new phase of your life and not really recognize that person. Yeah. Um, Yeah. And I think leading off with, you know, the thunderstorm crashing in your cranium. It's like, I mean, it's one of those things where he's kind of writing about someone who's like a victim of abuse at certain parts of it, which, you know, it's kind of heavily implied, but it's like, you do a better job of that and framing yourself in it, even in a song like dead and road and much better in a song like queen of pain. Um, So I think this is just like, there was clearly something happening in his life around that time frame where all these songs kind of spawned from, where he was probably, you know, he was getting a little older, hitting his early 20s, and the people he knew were opening up about experiences and all this stuff, and I think he was just trying to contextualize what it meant and, and blah, 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 and his own place in things, and I think that's interesting. But yeah, I think this that's, song... That's funny, because I, I read it really differently. Really? I see this as kind of the, uh, you know, brick wall views... Uh, bridge the lawrence arms of just being around people that you've Mm -hmm. known for so long but you're not all in the same place that you used to be you don't know how to relate to each other Mm -hmm. anymore and this to me is like you were one way when you were 17 and now you're 25 and you're doing a very different thing from what i'm doing and i don't really know what to uh, what to make of it i think that's the thing is this song is kind of it's kind of a magic eye. Whatever you're looking for is going to appear. Yeah. You know, like it's, I don't know if I could ascribe it, but it's when he's singing about like the, you know, the prom dress stuff. And he's clearly, I think, addressing this to, um, you know, a woman as kind of the subject of the song, not in a leery way, but like I've always read it as being something that has a little more meat on the bone that maybe he's just not saying up front. Mm-hmm. And I think he gets better at that. Yeah, I think he was so direct about it early on. And then when we look at Good Morning with songs like Continental or All on Black or whatever, or Queen of Pain or even songs on Crimson, like I think he's he's nailing that a little better. Do you think that this is an attempt to be like pop song evergreen? Don't be too specific. We're trying to like this. This doesn't come off like a hit, but it comes off like a song that is third place to the vague hit that you wrote yes i mean i think this song is it's so of its time to me Mm -hmm. like when i hear it i i I hear 2001 and i think that's fine um 
I think that From Here to Infirmary has so many interesting pieces because you see them trying on a lot of different hats, sometimes two hats at the same time. And this is the example of that to me, mm-hmm. where they're just kind of not really committing, but they just want to see what they can do. And I think when you look at a band's career long term and really zoom out when they've made a lot of records, I think it's easier for me to accept records like that, where I kind of see how this is a linking to something else piece. But there are real elements that stick in my head. There are elements of the song that I like. So it's like, though it, it doesn't fully deliver what I want, there's nothing in it that makes me recoil. Yeah, totally. I I really don't like the drunker than a skunk and swearing like a sailor. That's not great. Um, And the drums, once again, we'll get sound there. bad. We'll get there. But I think, to your point, something that Matt does really well even by good morning is that he's not ending his choruses with i've been drunker than a skunk he's putting that (coughs) as the second half of the verse or like you know this crucifix is my four-leaf clover like he's found a way to take that like oh i'm gonna take like stock images or cliches and find ways to work them in but they're not gonna be the punctuation of something like the chorus maybe the end of a verse. Totally. And uh, yeah, I think he he finds ways to place those things a lot better. You know, calling out on All in Black. Perfect example of a song that like pretty heavy handed. A lot of uh, real intense imagery. But he places it where it needs to be. Mm-hmm. He builds to it and he makes it uh, as goofy as you could read it. It works. And it just does. This is not that. It's not... <sighs> It's not eating me alive, but it's not continental. Well, yeah, and to that effect, it's not Stupid Kid, and it's not Armageddon, or even Bloodied Up. No, totally, totally. Or Trucks and Trains, another truly weird song. Yeah, that well, that one's weird, but you had you know a couple a couple of the like Armageddon and Stupid Kid would only come on this record. Yes, and they work for the reasons that they work and this is just like this is the b minus version of that in my opinion sure i agree um you mentioned the drums and we get we get taken to task every time we bring up the drums on from here to infirmary so what i'm going to uh invite everybody to do anybody who Whenever we talk about the drum sounding bad, here's what you here's what you do. Go into whatever music player you have, um, and if you're using Spotify, go to the settings, mm-hmm. put it at 320, put some headphones on, listen to the cymbals. They yeah. sound terrible. Yes. Listen to the kick drum. It's peaking so badly. Mm-hmm. It's just in your face. And the funny thing that we can talk about now is a new fact that I learned as I was getting ready to interview Steve Albini on Better Yet, which you should all listen to. Um, Steve did a home studio in Chicago for a while, but in the early 90s started using a studio in Minnesota called Pachyderm. That's where Super Chunk recorded with him. That's where the wedding present eventually pj harvey Mm -hmm. and then this band called nirvana yes uh in utero was recorded in that room i asked steve what did you like about pachyderm and he said the drum sounds that you can get in there were amazing you look at who else has recorded it in pachyderm 
It's the Alkaline Trio yes. in Pachyderm. Yes. Uh, this is a record that I have always wanted to listen to the original mixes and figure out where these things get introduced. Because when you listen to that cymbal sound, it's not what a cymbal sounds like. That is an, If it's an aesthetic decision, and it very well may be, it's an odd one. It's the way this, the reason this record doesn't sound like any others. And when I was a kid, I didn't really realize it. I was just kind of like, I guess that's what this sounds like. And I remember vividly the day that I heard how bad those cymbals clip and just how rough it sounds. Now, that works for Guided by Voices. I don't know if it works for the Alkaline Trio. No. Those are two different intentions. Absolutely. And, you know... I can listen to lo-fi stuff and enjoy it and not give a fuck about it, but this is not that. No. Um, so, but I put on the LP, an original vinyl copy from here to infirmary, put on my turntable, plug my headphones into my receiver, lay down on my bed and was like, oh, I've never heard it like this. Like, I've never heard it sound this harsh. And I couldn't make it through the record. It was so distracting. Like, just like so brutal sounding. And now when you're listening to speakers or on a car stereo or wherever or on your phone, it just sounds as crappy as anything else does Mm -hmm. in a lot of those contexts. Yeah, this really sounds like, you know, Burn CD from 2001, just super compressed I had a friend who told me that when he first downloaded this record off Napster or something, he's like, oh, I must have gotten a bad file. It shouldn't (laughs) sound this way. And then, like, downloaded it again and was like, oh, it must be another bad file. And then eventually got the CD and was like, oh, I guess it just sounds like this. And again, like I don't, I've learned to accept it for what it is at this point in my life. It's a very weird sounding record as a result of all those factors, but like, that's not a good aesthetic decision. I wonder if it's got something to do with it being a room that Matt Allison hadn't worked in before. Mm -hmm. You know, I pretty much everything was recorded at Atlas and now he's in this place where the the sounds that you get off of the drum room in there, they're very, very big and onerous. Listen to In Utero, those drums sound massive. Yeah. And who knows? Who knows what leads it to sound as poorly as it does, but drums sound like shit, even in a studio where they're allowed to sound incredible. Yeah, and I mean, I think it's just... I've always been curious, because it goes from Matt Allison, gets mixed by Jerry Finn, who I would be shocked... If that's where that problem gets introduced. But it comes somewhere. I don't know if it's the source. I don't know right. if it's how it was mixed, how it was mastered. If they were, if this was a very early, it's it's when we're starting to approach the loudness wars era. And I don't know if someone just like turned the decibels up a little bit. Mm-hmm. I don't know what happened, but it sounds weird. And this isn't like us railing on the low recording quality of something. I remember Marcus reviewed Did you go to that? It was uh it was Painted Black, Lemuria, uh I remember that, Poison yeah. Planet. Yeah. And Marcus did a review of the show and the sound there was fucking terrible. Yes. And there were all sorts of problems with the guy that they hired to do it and Marcus wrote that in his uh I think Ron Nerve played that too. They did. Um yeah, he wrote that in his review on Punk News, and then one of the guys from the Dopamines was like, fuck this guy, Like, you can't go to a punk show and complain about the sound being bad, and it's like, you're missing the point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'll listen to something that sounds like it was recorded out of someone's asshole uh, if it's 
sick and that's what it was but this, this is isn't that. this isn't that nor have they ever been that right you know this is not a blown out this isn't fucking disclose like this is not what it's going for <laughs> you know like those aren't the same fucking thing so it's just like while I'll listen to something that literally sounds like someone dragging a needle across a sidewalk when that's what I want, that's not the alkaline trio. Mm-hmm. I was looking for a Disclose shirt on Depop for like an hour the other Good night. Good shit. Um, Raw DB punk, baby. Got anything else to add here? What do you rate it? Three out of five. I think that's a 2.5 out of I, five yeah it's it's i like it a little more yeah i don't think it's good but i like it i'm with you i think the best part of this song <laughs> is the bridge and that little that little twinkly ditty um twinkle daddy yeah no not yet we're not there yet okay we got we got this is what's what wave of emos this this is like sixth we gotta wait till we're at the 11th got wave it. of emo cool. till we're at twinkle daddies um but yeah it's it's a song that serves a purpose as being the middle song on a kind of middling record, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Good stuff, nothing terrible, but I wouldn't, I wouldn't go out of my way to listen to it. Fair. Hey, you still with us? You out there? A lot going on on this one. Oh, so much going on. You're probably like, what's the dillio? What's 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 the dill? Hey, I would love. Some Mo Forties, mm-hmm. because I used to be in a white power band, and now I'm just gonna rip off Black Culture because that's what Good Charlotte's doing. Yep, I mean it's it's just real smart. Um, but hey, this isn't a messed podcast. This is an Alkaline Trio podcast. It is the you could say it's a mess of a podcast. Hey, it's the number one rated song by song Alkaline Trio podcast on Apple Podcasts. And we couldn't have gotten here without all you out there. Who? You. Every single one of you. Whether you pledge to us on Patreon, patreon.com slash as you were, or you're just listening to it free every week, because we put it out there for free every week. Maybe you're thinking, hey, that Patreon thing seems like a good idea, because I've heard that I can vote on what songs tim and david talk about next now not not next week maybe not the week after that but week after that feeling pretty confident oh yeah we got swag up there we've got some bonus audio content you can listen to david's roommate nick yep talk to us about stuff and uh you know weird episode weird episode weird opinions weird opinions respect respect I respect you, David Anthony. I respect each and every one of you out there for listening, for continuing to listen. And we will be back talking to you next week. Thanks, folks. Tony Lovato, slide into my DMs. Won't be the first time a racist threatened me on the internet. (laughs) 